Hello, and welcome to Online and Inspired, a weekly podcast for educators, parents, and those leading the way in the future of learning. I'm Emily Smith, founder and CEO of Teleteachers. And I'm Marissa Rothermel, special education teacher extraordinaire, or mommy, as my daughter calls me. We are on a mission to live inspired always and talk about our jobs as education innovators, aka modern day educators navigating all the things. We are here as pioneers in online education, firmly set in our beliefs in equity, equality, and balance in all things. We are proud educators, proud parents, and we are here with you every week to talk about how we embrace it all, from ed tech news to uh uh-ohs and boo-boos. Thank you for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe. In everything that we do, we strive to bring levity to the conversation. If you're not leaving this podcast with the same feeling you leave the workroom after some juicy banter we all love, we're doing something wrong. We're moving the water cooler conversation online. So let's get to chatting. Are you ready, Marissa? I'm ready, Emily. I'm caffeinated and committed. Let's talk online and inspired. Good afternoon. It is June 20th, 2022. This is Marissa Rothermel here with Emily Smith, and we are online and inspired, and we're so glad that you are joining us today. Hi, Emily. How are you? Hi, I am doing well. Are you doing well? It was a little bit of a white lie. Um, (laughs) We're on like the next round of preschool germs, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm here. Yeah. Preschool plague strikes again. It's okay. You've only got like six more months of this. <laughs> does it ever get better? I mean, it does. It does. Okay. Suddenly your adult like immune system goes ahead and says, you know what? That enough is enough. I'm done catching all of these. And you just become super immune to basically everything. Uh, but you're building the same immunities as your kid is while in daycare. And it cracks me up so much because I taught, I taught, um, preschool. I taught that that age group for a while. And for the first, uh, it would say probably two years, it just felt like I was walking death because I was catching every single germ in the, in the classroom. And uh, it's actually helped me now because Nora, Nora was in daycare for a period of time. She no longer is. But while she was, I had maintained all of those super fresh germ immunities and I didn't catch anything that she had. Meanwhile, my husband was like, daycare is the worst because all I get out of it is germs. (laughs) And he caught every single thing. So is it just you in your house or did everybody get hit? Everybody got hit. Oh my gosh. Thankfully, everybody else is feeling better. I'm just a little bit, you know, on, I, I'm sending good vibes into the universe that it won't last very long. I've got 15 investor meetings this week. So I can't wait for people to hear me pitch and uh, Mm -hmm. might have to incorporate some sign language into it. You know, Oh man, you're going to rock it. You're going to rock it. It's going to be great. You can always get a whiteboard and just start writing your uh, (laughs) writing your responses and holding it up on the zoom call, but you must be in your new place now, right? You were moving last we talked. Oh, if only I was in my new place. (laughs) So the elevators in our building went down. Well, one of them went down, so they didn't allow any moves last week. (gasps) So we are rescheduled for tomorrow. So over the weekend, we were just, you know, box by box by box, taking things to the new place. So as I look at my current environment, it is very, um, 
it is very chaotic, mm-hmm. but I'm so looking forward to getting into the new place and getting the, everything organized and we'll have a profound appreciation for being settled. Oh, that'll be so nice. It'll make it even more worth it when you're in the new digs. That's awesome. I really hope that everything goes smoothly for you tomorrow. Are my fingers, my toes, my eyes, all of it are crossed for you. hundred <laughs> percent. And how is Maddie handling this whole, you know, where's all of her stuff going transition? We had a rough week last week. Yeah. So I, you know, and I called my mom and I'm like, mom, what's going on? Am I going to survive the terrible twos? Can you mm-hmm. come live with me? Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Please move in. <laughs> exactly. And she, so Maddie just did not want to go to bed yeah. at all. And she has been a good sleeper since like day one. And she didn't want to go to bed and then she'd wake up and, you know, my mom was like, look, Emily, she, her whole, her whole little world is, you know, in boxes mm-hmm. and she doesn't know what's happening, but we were able to take her over to the new house or the new apartment over this weekend. And we were talking through it. And now she says, new house, new house. Oh, good. That's so I think awesome. she's starting to understand it a little bit and she's excited. now. That's fantastic. Yeah. When we did our move a couple months ago, Nora's room was the last thing that we packed up. The last thing, like we left it as normal as possible. We sent her to daycare that day and then we packed it all up. And so we, we showed her, um, right before we left, like your room is empty. And we have this photo of her standing in her empty room, looking at us like, (laughs) happened. (laughs) I left. My room was normal. I'm back here. I'm standing in it. There's nothing here. And I was like, it's okay. Now it's all in this truck. And so we got down here eventually. And the first room we set up here was her room. But I'll tell you that we had a nice sleep regression for about two weeks Mm. until she started to, okay, this is, this is the new place. Like my stuff is here. I, and go back and went back to her routine, but it took us about two weeks for her to settle. Um, and those were not my favorite two weeks. As much as I loved being in a new environment, I was like, no, what if this, what if this stays? That's always the fear, right? Every time you go through some kind of regression with your, your child, you're like, what if this is the new normal and I'm never going to sleep again? Or right now it's super hot, as I'm sure you know, and my super awesome eater is not a super awesome eater right now. I think she's cons- like, she's living off of beverages and the occasional Cheerio. Um, it is definitely not my fate. I'm like, oh my God, there's so much summer left. She's going to starve. What's going to happen? I mean, for dinner the other night, she literally ate three beans. That was what she ate three single or, you know, individual beans. And that that's not my kid. Normally, you know, your safe thing is like throw her at a barbecue joint. She's going to eat like half a cow's worth of brisket and, uh, you know, you're, you're all set. But now I've resorted to, Cheerios, everything that I can find that is cold and uh, incredible amounts of hydration. And then when all else fails, I go to Costco and get her a slice of pepperoni pizza because (laughs) that's the one thing she won't say no to. (laughs) Like there's got to be a million calories in this. This will this will keep her going for a few days. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What are you guys doing? What's going on in your world? 
Well, for one, I think I've sworn off airplanes for forever, which is not true at all. But this whole airline nonsense is, it's so much. It's so much. I I feel so bad for anyone who cannot get a direct flight to where they're going. And I know it's in the news and people are probably sick of hearing it, but the flight cancellations, the just continual delays. Uh, We had family here and one of our family members got stuck on the tarmac where he was going for to try to come down here to make a connection. And he was on the plane for hours and hours and hours only to then get it canceled. Can you imagine sitting on the tarmac for hours and then the flight is canceled? So then what he was told that he's not going to be able to get down here for three days. All of a sudden, a new a new option comes up. So goes home, you know, it's like an hour and a half to go back from the airport he was at, goes home, goes back the next day to go on this new flight to fly down to Charlotte to come over to Charleston. And it's a nighttime flight this time. And he gets on the plane and no sooner does he sit down than they say, well, we're going to have a delay. And this whole thing starts again. I was livid. I'm not going to lie to you. I even tweeted at, at American Airlines. Like I rage tweeted. I did. I later took it down, but I did. I rage tweeted. Oh, they, they heard from <laughs> Sparkle wrist, didn't they? <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> And no one wants to hear from angry sparkle wrists. You know, that's not my normal move. I'm, you know, super positive. But I was like, are you kidding me? Two days in a row of sitting on the tarmac, constant delays. And I was just waiting for it to be canceled again. I really was. And just when it sounded like it was canceled because they started offering refunds, they said, no, we got the go ahead. We're going to go. So gets all the way down to Charlotte, North Carolina. Misses the connection by five minutes. Five minutes. So my saint husband uh, and our other uh, family that was down here drove, got in the car after midnight and drove all the way to Charlotte, three hours away and back overnight to get our other family member. And we finally all had a day together yesterday. So it was it was wild. It's just been an up and down of airline drama. And I picked up uh, my brother-in-law and future sister-in-law on Friday. And it was really wild because it was, we, they flew into Myrtle beach, but there was a massive thunderstorm. Did you get hit with that crazy thunderstorm on Friday? I don't think so. It was really big. And I know it was across multiple States, but I was in the car with Nora at night. It is probably the scariest thunderstorm that I ever experienced. And here I am sitting in a car. Trees were bending over. It was constant lightning. I was like, oh, my God, how are they going to land a plane? And so they ended up circling in the air for a long while. And so did other multiple planes uh, before they finally were able to land and we were able to be on our way and make the journey home. But, yeah, you know what? I am I think I'm done with airplanes for at least a couple of weeks until someone says, Hey, do you want to go to X? And I'm like, Oh yeah, fine. But the best piece of advice that I ever got as far as travel goes was get as far as you can, as fast as you can. And that is what I've lived my life by. So like, I'm always looking for a directed, a direct flight. I'm always looking for to minimize the ways that things could go wrong. And, you know, so whenever I'm looking at at doing a journey, get as far as you can, as fast as you can. And in case something goes wrong, you can kind of try to figure it out at the end. And so when our, our family member did arrive in Charlotte, at least it was like, you know what? Three hours isn't that far. Let's go. So yeah, it was, 
It was, it was a lot, but we ended up having a wonderful Father's Day weekend. Kyle had a great time. We went out on a dolphin tour, which I know we've done once before and I've talked about on here, so I won't bore you with the details, but you know, whatever dolphins they have on payroll showed up again. It was lovely. Nora got really, really excited every single time a dolphin popped out of the water. We played on the beach this weekend. We did a bunch of stuff. It was great. Um, and yeah, so now we're kind of uh, just taking it easy this week and enjoying the summer vibes. And yeah, oh, you know what? I had I had something that upset me this weekend. And you know, it's such a petty thing. I think I had my first petty moment this weekend, like Ooh, in a I long got, time. I got to hear it. <laughs> my daughter doesn't look like me. Flat out does not look like me. My daughter has, you know, very fair skin and bright red hair. She is her father's carbon copy. And so no one ever says, oh, you know, it's mommy's mini me, anything like that. But this is such an ego thing. So we had these matching Crocs, okay? They were bright rainbow colored Crocs. And everywhere we went, like, so she had a pair, I had a pair. And everywhere we went, people would stop and comment and they'd be like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. You guys look just like each other because we were wearing our rainbow Crocs. We were out yesterday on our journey and somehow she got loaded into the car minus one shoe. Oh no. Yes. And I think it is the closest I've come to just sobbing uncontrollably for no reason at all because now we didn't have our matching shoes. And the day before we got this beautiful photo of her on a swing and her bright colored Crocs are on there. So I've got that memory, but I was just like, oh my gosh, no one's going to know she's my daughter anymore. (laughs) Uh, But happy ending, happy ending. So as I'm, you know, trying to keep my composure because now I'm I'm dropping people off somewhere because my daughter's got no shoes to wear for the day. I didn't pack her backup shoes. I have to now go and find new shoes for her while we are out. So I drop off our, our travel mates and I get on my magic cell phone, and it turns out eight minutes from where I was standing at that moment was a Crocs outlet. (laughs) So now we have, I mean, it's a pastel rainbow, but we have new mommy and me matching Crocs shoes and all is right in the world again. That's so, something to be yeah. proud of. It is. It is. So, you know, that's 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 what I've got. Uh, that was my moment. I was like, no one's going to know she's my kid because our shoes don't match. And I don't I don't know why that was such a big deal. But that's where my mind space was at the time. So Aww, that's so cute. Yeah. yeah. But we match again. And when I showed her the new shoes, she was all happy as a clam and she was matching her shoe to my shoe. And so she must have some value in it. <laughs> Maybe it's not just me, but uh, yeah, so that was my Crocs saga. Oh, the other thing that we did this week, we launched our website, which is awesome. So uh, www.onlineandinspired.com. It's totally in its infancy, but we're going to uh, we're going to be building it over the next couple of weeks. We'll link it to our Facebook page. So if you are so gracious, dear listeners, to write a review of what you like, what you don't like, uh, et cetera. On our Facebook page, it will automatically connect to our online and inspired page soon. And possibly even more excitingly, we now have a swag shop. Okay. 
merch. We can buy things. Let's say I'm on an inspired. We've got baby onesies. We've got t-shirts. We've got coasters. We've got all these cool things. So show your fandom. We don't make any money off of it. It's just a, a fun way to get our name out there, uh, laptop stickers and what have you. So check it out, www.onlineandinspired.com. So I'm super excited about that, mostly because I want to buy my own swag. Yes. <laughs> well, really do. My dad listens, and this is a happy belated Father's Day dad. Mm. He listens to every episode of Online and Inspired. Oh, he's and so sweet. The Father's Day present will be coming. <laughs> Not going to sleep what it is, but... Um, not at all related to the topic we were just discussing. <laughs> may or may not. So this morning as I was writing the Monday Morning Tea, which is a quasi-newsletter slash update that I send out to the whole team every Monday... Um, I was reminded and then I found a picture of my dad who has been the ultimate cheerleader my whole life. And I know you haven't had a chance to read it because I just sent it out like as we launched this meeting, but (laughs) you'll see my dad is wearing a red t-shirt with a giant pirate on the front of it. And on the back, it says, uh, Emily's dad, loud and proud. And this Aww. is a shirt that he wore to every single basketball game in high school that I played in. That's Same awesome. t-shirt, every game. Uh, he even broke two arms at the same time, rebounding for me. So I feel like, I feel like he deserves a very happy belated Father's Day shout out, Dad. Okay, so was he breaking other people's arms or was he broke his arms or what? <laughs> no, he broke both of his arms at the same time. So I was like a monster of a child in that I had to make a thousand baskets a day. It was this weird goal that I had set my, for myself. And so, you know, as it was getting towards dusk, I'm like, Dad, come on, help me make my goal. Um, and he was out there in the driveway rebounding for me and we lived on this hill and, uh, he was, uh, you know, caught the basketball or, you know, it was going off towards the hill and he was going to save it. So he, he caught the ball, threw it back to me and then fell down the hill and broke both arms at the same time. Oh my gosh. Dad of the year. Dad Dad. of the the lifetime award. What? How? Wow. Um, yeah. that's super impressive way to go. Emily's dad, you are a hero in my book. That's fantastic. Did he ever play basketball with you again? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Both arms, not just one arm, both. Yes. Wow. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's, that is some top tier dadhood right there. That's that fantastic. Dad move. Love it. Love it. All right. We're going to move forward a little bit. I know we've had a great time chatting and catching up. We do have a guest coming on very shortly, which is super exciting. Um, I wanted to talk really quickly. Today is a holiday. It is world among other things. I realized that it is Juneteenth observed. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about and not to gloss over that by any means, but just in our limited time, uh, World Refugee Day. I believe this is part of, uh, well, I mean, it's a huge huge holiday, but it's also connected to something that you do, Emily, right? Aren't you on a board or something? Yes. So today is World Refugee Day. Um, I, in 2018, had the um, the opportunity to go visit um, a refugee camp in Jordan. So flew into Amman, Jordan, 
um, and visited one of the largest refugee camps just 10 miles from the Syrian border as part of World Refugees School. Okay. Um, who is doing really, really wonderful work. I encourage everybody to check them out, go to their website. It's wrsschool.org. Um, but uh, so 80 million folks, 80 million people around the world are displaced and over half of those people are children. So what this means is that kids have no record when they're traveling, when they're displaced, when they're moved into refugee camps, they have no record of their education. And what WRS is working towards is creating scalable technology enabled um, curriculum and platforms that help um, help educate our world's most vulnerable youth. And one of the things that people don't really realize is that, um, you know, the amount of time that kids and people spend in refugee camps. And it's actually 17 years on average. So it's not like our, you know, like refugee children are going to a camp and then going back to their home environment. They are living in these camps throughout the entirety of their educational experience. And so World Refugees School is really working to um, help change um, what that means and help provide opportunity. So I'm just delighted to be on their board and um, just a part of this wonderful work. Wow. That I, my mind is blown 17 years. I had no idea. I had no idea. Wow. I I assume that uh, the world refugee school is probably overrun a lot right now with uh, students from Ukraine. I would, I would imagine. Yeah. That, that 80 million uh, number of people displaced is before Ukraine, our situation in Ukraine even happened. Oh my um, So, well, that is certainly a website I will be checking out when we, uh, when we hang up today and, and wow, what incredible work. Um, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how to process that. I really had no idea that 17 years was the average and, and how, you know, how do you leave a refugee camp? I guess, it, you know, is it just you kind of age out and you're an adult and you go where you're going? I, I guess I know very little about it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not a, you know, a, a rhyme um, or reason or recipe for leaving a refugee camp. I mean, some you some people's homes they can never return to. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's a matter of creating, um, you know, a lot of these when I when I went to the camp, I was just surprised at the infrastructure from um, the school buildings to the medical facilities. And you think, okay, this is, this is where people live. This is not a temporary solution. Um, But yet they, there's not a formal um, way to provide education to displaced youth. Um, And so that's, yeah, that's what we're working on. Wow. Um, That's incredible work. Yeah, there's no pathway. There's no pathway for, you know, arriving there and and leaving and getting that quality education. Incredible. Wow. I will be doing some research when we hang up today. And I I really appreciate you uh, sharing your insight. Um, We do have our guest speaker on today. Uh, Her name is Melanie Upright. Uh, She is a young lady that we met at uh, the Urban Collaborative, as many of the people we've had on recently are. And Melanie is preparing to launch a company focused on interpersonal communication. She is a published author, 
and a dynamic impact coach and a coordinator for Charles County Public Schools. She is clearly a woman on a mission, and I'm so excited to have her on today and to just kind of chat about the 11 million things that she's got her hands in right now. So hi, Melanie, how are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Doing very well. Recovering from a whirlwind weekend, but uh, uh, overall, overall doing quite well. Thank you. It's so great to see you again. I know. This is really exciting to have an opportunity to chat, uh, just chat with you and get to know you a little bit better, Marissa. Yeah, you yeah. were super adorable at the um, <laughs> Urban Collaborative. I was like, look at that girl. She's just like, she's out there. Yep. Own it. Own <laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> rocking my sparkles. And we just, you just finished a conversation a few minutes ago about uh, the, the tragedy of a lost rainbow croc shoe this weekend. And so, you know, if it's not sparkles, it's probably rainbow something and most certainly crocs also to be identified by. Also, just so everyone knows, sparkle crocs are a thing now. So I'm going to be spending some time and money at the crocs outlet very okay. soon. <laughs> Get ready world. <laughs> Somehow it doesn't surprise me and I've only just met you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's uh, I definitely have allowed, um, well, allowed everything, if I'm honest. Uh, so, Melanie, we're going to start right off with question one and get going here. Uh, are you? And what do you do? I think the answer to the second part is everything. You do everything. Well, I, I don't necessarily do everything because really it's all the same thing. It's just labeled something different. Um, so by training, I'm a speech language pathologist, but um, I, oh, thank you. I see a little uh, celebrating happening here. Yes, I uh, had the good fortune of working in a school district where uh, our current director of special education really just nurtured, you know, my interest in all things. And so I had the opportunity to apply the knowledge I had as a speech pathologist to help students in special education uh, things like reading, math, uh, behavior challenges, you name it, anything that was coming up, I was, you know, out there in the schools helping and uh, transitioned that into leading some large grant opportunities um, to close achievement gaps. And that connected me with Johns Hopkins University. So, you know, I've taken this really weird path. I don't really know exactly how to define who I am, but currently I would say that I am um, an educator. I work in public education and I am looking to contribute as much as I can to help make not just the environment, you know, good for kids to learn, but hospitable for educators to work in because currently it's a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> a little rough is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. well, and Melanie, you saw some excitement on my end because I'm a fellow speechy. By oh back. my goodness. What, what are the odds? How is this happening? I know we're amazing. Aren't we? <laughs> well, I think our skills are pretty portable <laughs> and we yes. don't really often get the opportunity to show how much value we could bring to a school environment because caseloads are high and the need is, you know, in that oral communication area, it, it's, it's pretty well defined, but when the opportunity is there to, for a school to really just, you know, pull on those skills, I mean, you really have a, a pretty well-rounded member that could join a team and really help solve some unique challenges for kids. So Absolutely. I'm a believer in uh, having a diverse team. It, it makes a difference. 
I, and I love that your administrator gave you the green light and facilitated your growth. And, you know, just, that is amazing. Yeah. She was remarkable. I feel like I, I found her or she found me in a time and space that maybe doesn't exist anymore. I don't know, but I'm, I'm very grateful for it. The education world is definitely constantly changing, particularly right now. And I did tease before you logged on today that you wrote a book too. Can you tell me the title of your book, a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I did write a book. Uh, It's called More Time to Lead, The Principal's Guide to uh, Successful Students, Satisfied Parents, and Something Teachers. Isn't that terrible? It's a very long title. And so I should know my own book title, but... I'm working on it. Um, I actually make a scrap here so I can tell you exactly the full title. Uh, Empowered Teachers, Successful Students, and Satisfied Parents. So the book came about because during um, COVID when schools were shut down and we were at home, you know, we were working hard without a doubt. I think it's the hardest I've ever worked for the public school system, but I still had a lot of downtime. So after learning to make a hummingbird feeder out of soda cans and to make a rug out of scraps. And, you know, like I've got this wall art thing going where I've got like cardboard, (laughs) you know, I was doing all these things and I'm like, wait a second, here's an opportunity that I'll never have again. So I hired a coach and worked with this person to kind of pull together the ideas and the things that I was seeing in education uh, that really contribute to success for students. So I wrote this book and I'm, I feel so silly that I can't get the title out when I'm trying to say it. It's, I think if I had an opportunity here, well, here's a recommendation I'll give any future authors, make it a shorter title. <laughs> You'll do better. <laughs> make sure it fits on the binding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. And I do have a copy of your book, which I've began, but I, I don't want to talk about it until I finish the entire thing. So we'll just have an excuse to have you back on after I do finish the entire book. Oh, uh, but uh, I mean, I've enjoyed what I've read so far and I, I appreciate it so very much that you came on today. So um, and then I believe you were offering free copies of your book. Were you not? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, sure. If anyone reaches out to me through LinkedIn, which is my most recent love. I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, be able to share more ideas and and just meet people who are excited about the work in education. So I'm spending a lot of lot more time on uh, LinkedIn. So you can message me there or uh, send me an email, and I would be happy to just send you a digital copy of my book. You know, these ideas are not new. They're not like they're mine. What what I would say is mine is just the the realization that when you have some of these um, components coming together, the solutions and the opportunities for kids and for educators, they just come together beautifully and you'll be shocked at what you can accomplish. You know, situations that where everybody's just falling apart, they're angry, the kids are um, just really struggling. When you have a team that comes together where you have some knowledge of systems thinking, you're a rep, uh, understanding and appreciating the value of a diverse classroom experience, and then you apply a best practice. You get all those components in one, you know, solution-oriented um, momentum. It you solve, you start solving problems, and kids, their trajectory changes. 
it's, it's really breathtaking. So what I've done is I've just taken what we know is out there, seen, you know, this work by doing it with schools over and over and over again, seeing kids change, seeing families change, relationships change, and I just kind of put it together to kind of share it. So I would love to get it out there so other folks can be thinking differently because it's not enough. We talk all the time, evidence-based practice, evidence-based practice. <laughs> it only goes so far. It it's does. not enough. It does. You have to have that whole support team, just like we were talking about when you were both speeches, you know, you have to have that, that support team where everyone's believing in the value of, of every individual child and, and bringing them up and, and helping them to succeed. And uh, that's definitely the tone of your book. And I, I, like I said, I'm very much enjoying it. So okay. it's on my summer reading list. So uh, I, I do appreciate it. And I hope some people do take you up on it, Melanie, and, and get some copies out there. I definitely have some friends in administration who I'm sure that you're going to hear from. So uh, okay. uh, highly recommend it personally. But again, it's always nice to have the author on here. So with all that you're doing, all right, this is kind of the theming to our our podcast is how do you maintain a work-life balance? How do you do it? Yeah, it's it is actually really important if you're trying to be creative, bring something new into the world, which is what you guys are doing. And I just, I am inspired by folks like you. I'm always watching and noticing people who are creative, who have this idea, and then they just, they go out and they do it. And you're like, how did they do that? Well, I think a factor in this is uh, really, it's in that work-life balance. So for me, I had to learn the hard way. I got very sick. Um, I had actually been bitten by a tick with Lyme and had a very severe reaction to it um, and spent four years struggling with doctors. And uh, ultimately what ended up happening was the doctors had said, this is where you're gonna be for the rest of your life. We've done everything we can. And it was terrible because I had trouble speaking, swallowing, other things were going on, not to mention the pain and blah, blah, blah. But what I found was that if I took my stress levels down and applied some additional, like really holistic practices. So for me, my formula, and it is a formula because I know if I get too busy and I'm not doing it, all I got to do is go back to the basics again. Um, I have my, like my morning miracle time. So it's meditation. I do reading that's not work related. So I'm very like, I'm speaking these days on soft skill development. So Mm -hmm. this idea that when we say, oh, you need to be an effective communicator in the work environment to be successful. Well, that doesn't just happen. That actually is a skill you cultivate. And so by doing readings that teach me about better listening, right, that teach me about my own internal, like the messages I'm saying to myself in my head and how that influences how present I am to be a part of solutions at work or, um, you know, in the the connections I'm having with others, uh, that I find really helpful. So it's the meditation, it's the readings. Um, I do fall back on deep breathing, but it's not my daily anymore, but it was a huge factor in getting better, believe it or not. I do really, after having read um, James Nestor's um, most recent book, Breath, which is my obsession, I will tell you, I think it is one of the secrets to healing, uh, but 
that's neither here nor there. I, I do use it a little bit. The other thing is exercise. So uh, for me, I rotate between yoga little bit, like I do 15 minutes. I, I used to do like classes and stuff, but I find that if I can just keep my flexibility up, it really helps me to send her and to just feel myself in my body. It's, it's really useful to get me out of my head and out of that. You know, you can hear me talking very fast. Like you can imagine if I don't slow myself down, whew, that can be a pain. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's your, that's your centering right there. It's like, I better exercise or people aren't ready for me today. <laughs> yeah. So those are my, write. that's what I do. That's the, the work-life balance for me. Mostly it's, it happens first thing in the morning uh, that I make sure I carve out. It takes me an hour to an hour and a half. So I really, I get up very early so that I have that time. Well, we are kindred spirits in that I just uh, joined a gym last week. And uh, after years of trying to carve out time together with my husband um, to exercise, to make that time and to try to do it together, we have realized that it is never going to work because the only time that I can do it and get in that right mindset is first thing in the morning. So here comes Dawn and there I go out to the gym and it feels great. Right. And you set your whole day up for success. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally relate to you about like, that's the way to start your day. And it gets you, it gets you ready. I, I totally kindred spirits on that one. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's a big, big step to, to commit to doing that. So, yeah. Thank you. So Melody, was this a uh, part of the, uh, the miracle boarding the book? Did the book inspire you to create this routine? Oh, no. I've been doing this routine now for about eight years. Okay. Um, Yeah, but I'm going to tell you by going through this journey, number one, of being sick, applying these practices, getting better. And actually, I almost feel like I'm better than I was before I got sick, you know, in sense of the clarity of thinking. I can remember the day that the cloud lifted and I'm like, I don't think I've ever felt this clear. And now of course I also did dietary changes. So I'm, I'm a big fan that I tell everybody you, you have to have lemon and celery in your life. (laughs) Kale. If you have those things in your life, your body can function better. (laughs) I am laughing so hard. I'm laughing so hard over here because you said lemon and the very first 10 minutes that I met Emily in person, she opens up her bag. Okay. So we're traveling to where all of, all of us were together in Baltimore. And I met her at the airport and she goes looking for something in her, her handbag. And there's an entire bag of lemons. And I'm (laughs) I'm like, Emily, what's, what's going on? She's also a lemon believer. I guess maybe it's a speech therapist thing. Like it. I don't know, but I'm I'm laughing very hard over here. Everyone needs lemons. And down here in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, kale is uh, decorative. There are so many places when you walk around where kale is just growing prettily. So I always say, if I need an emergency salad, I'm going to a town park. I'm just going to have a little mini harvest. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's very decorative around here. It's very it's quite interesting to walk around and uh, just see kale growing randomly. And prettily. Love that. But uh, I did want to ask, so how do you personally live inspired? And that is one of our uh, other themes to our podcast is, you know, how are you living your best life? 
Well, so, you know, the, the readings that I do that keep me thinking about my own thinking and thinking about who I am in this world, it's kind of set the stage, but I'll say the theme that comes up for me, anybody who works with me knows I'm just obsessed with uh, this idea that we can, we don't have to stay stuck right? Like we can uh, build more, we can um, improve relationships, you know, like we, I'm struggling to kind of come up with a response and I know I shouldn't be. The, The thing about the way that the world works is we go through these phases where we grow, we learn new information, we grow, we change. And sometimes it feels like the community we're in, we aren't able to, to make that change that we need to, like, we've come to a place where it's time to grow, it's time to move on. And we're not able to do that. Well, I feel really fortunate for me, that thing that keeps me going is the knowledge that it is okay for me to be different than other people. I hold this vision in my mind. I am, I speak it all the time about how though I'm creating every day, the world I want to live in. And so the interactions I'm having with other people, when, you know, I have a team of about 50 speech pathologists that I currently lead in my district. And when I'm interacting with them, I make sure that the language I'm using with them reflects the ultimate outcomes that I want for them as much as I want for myself. And it is in that language. It's in that visioning of where you're going. That is exciting to me. It's how I stay inspired because I have the words that tell me what's to be inspired by. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm kind of all over the place here, but it makes total sense. And I want to work for you. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) wants to work for that type of leader. Seriously. I mean, that is intentional language. And I, I love you're creating the life that you want. Yeah. Creating the world. I taught for um, Johns Hopkins this year in their international teaching and global leadership program. And it was students uh, from abroad coming to the U.S. to learn about education. And in that class, we were learning about um, learning community standards. And what does it mean if you say listening to understand? What really does that mean? What would it look like as you're working in a small group? What's it look like as a member of a learning community? Um, And so we're unpacking all these standards for the entire semester. And they had to hear my message. This is how you create the world you want to live in, right? By intentionally thinking about these things, recognizing where you're at, and then making steps to get better. So it's it's really, um, again, it's just something I, I feel because I have found those words that I can build myself up. I can remind myself, well, this is what I have. This is what I'm doing because I want to create this kind of a world, you know? So that's beautiful. I love that. You know, you're very goal oriented and you're looking at the big picture. Like, you know, this is the steps I'm taking to be who I want to be and to do what I want to do. And that's, uh, that's a wonderful journey to just like kind of how you got there and how that thinking and how you live it constantly. Uh, so I think you might've teased us a little bit, but, uh, what is your one book and your (laughs) one movie recommendation and why? Well, absolutely. So Breath by James Nestor is um, 
it will it will blow your mind if you have the opportunity to read or listen to it. Have you already listened to it? No, I don't know this one. No, but I have a feeling I'll be downloading it as soon as we hang up today. <laughs> yeah. And I said breath, but it's breathe. Sorry, breathe. Okay. Um, the thing about that book is it will surprise you how much breathing connects to all things related to the health of your body, even like how we release fat from our bodies, which is crazy to think that a percentage of our, our fat gets like expressed through breath. I mean, it's just the, there's tons, there's so much in there. And so for me, it's where I connected the dots to how quickly I improved in my health. I was doing um, this thing called prana breathing, where it's a series of breaths with different body postures. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that after I got done this 25 minute routine, all of a sudden I was like so full of energy and I hadn't felt like that. I'd been sick for four years and, um, reading the book, it opened up some understanding. Now, I don't know it well enough to tell you all the details about it because I'd have to read it probably three times before I'd have the words to tell you about it. But, you know, the, the idea that there is a lot of research that I think is not regularly talked about as it relates to what we can do. Like we hear exercise and we hear try to eat differently, but this is something like you can sit at your desk and you can do, you know, a five minute breathing routine and you're going to notice changes in how you feel. You're also going to be doing something really important for your own health. So, um, you know, I just think that book, if you haven't, you might want to look at it. Absolutely. Downloading as soon as we're done here today. 100%. I'm sold. And not just because you were like, oh, well, you know, you can breathe differently to lose some fat. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, do I breathe fast? Can I start this right now? <laughs> oh, you are so cute. Oh my God. Like, ah, uh, does hyperventilating count? I could try that. <laughs> Just, you know, like a, a breath per calorie situation. Anyway, I really look, I look forward to listening to this book and maybe it'll be my new gym book starting tomorrow. So uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. You're so how about a movie? Well, I don't want to scare anybody, but um, Forks Over Knives, is the movie that I would recommend. Yeah, Emily says it's not a new movie, it's a documentary. And it is actually the one that set me on a new thinking pattern. It still took for me to change my eating and everything. It still took me about um, three years after seeing the movie. But I'm just going to say Forks Over Knives, it not only lays out some of the evidence for why eating less meat is useful for your health, particularly if you're trying to overcome an illness, but it, um, talked about a book in that, that, so here I've got two books, sorry, I'm sliding the second one in the China study, which, uh, it was a longitudinal study that looked at disease in the, you know, in China, and it found regional differences the different types of diseases that came about. So in this region, you might see more cancer. In this region, you might see more cardiovascular disease. And they then, then were able to connect it to diet. So it just was, again, it was an interesting opening. I'd say, I think we've come a long way since the time this documentary was released and there's new data. You know, there's also 
um, good data to support eating meat. So I'm not saying you shouldn't eat meat, but for me, it meant I went vegan for quite some time. I'm not vegan anymore, but it was quite an adventure. I highly recommend if you ever want to like test your, your own resolve, uh, try to go vegan or go vegan. So anyway, um, that's, that's the movie. That's an interesting one. Yeah. My, uh, husband had some heart issues, uh, a couple of months ago. And I watched that at the recommendation of a friend of mine. And I, I, I went, I, I was very moved and I'm not quite where I want to be yet, but making, making some efforts. Yeah. The movie for me, it got me thinking differently. So it was useful in that sense. It wasn't until, like I said, it took me a couple of years. I feel like we have to brainwash ourselves and that's the wrong word. And it has kind of a negative connotation, but I spent, um, you know, time reading and watching different programs about, you know, just alternative practices. And, you know, over time, it's like you begin to say, oh, maybe I can see myself in that role. It was definitely not something I could have done at that time. But when I was ready, after I had sufficiently gestated all the information, it was like I decided on a Friday, I'm going to be vegan. And Saturday I was a vegan and that was all there was to it. And, you know, then there wasn't any of me battling myself about, well, do, can I do this or should I do this? I knew at that point that this was what I was going to do. And it was a lot easier than I think some of the changes I try to make where I'm not really convinced I should be doing it. (laughs) So Right. When you've wholly committed before you embark, that makes a huge difference. I I managed vegetarian for a little while, but uh, I'm well off that track right now. If you you go on my Facebook, you can see just how many barbecue joints we go in during the week. And uh, that's not a vegetarian (laughs) friendly situation. But, you know, more about my upcoming gym journey on next episode. Oh my, oh my goodness. But this has been a lot of fun, Melanie, and I really appreciate it. I want to make sure that we leave enough time for your one minute of self promo time. So what do you want to do with your minute? What do you want to tell us about? Well, so I am going to be launching um, a new organization. Uh, I'm playing still with the official title right now. It seems it's landing on the Center for Interprofessional Communication. And the focus of this work is going to be, or this, this, you know, organization is going to be on bringing content focused on skill development. So things like what are those, those building up skills that go into effective communication? What are those and how can we explore them and experience them in a way that's meaningful and allows us to change um, some things in our work environments. Uh, So that's going to be coming. I'll be doing um, trainings that folks can participate in and then having the opportunity to also receive some coaching if they would like to. That sounds awesome. And so this is not necessarily tied to just a a school setting either, because you said workplace. So this is really uh, effective communication for for, for everyone, everyone who collaborates with anybody else. Right. Absolutely. Well, this world, what we need right now are the tools to help us navigate these really changing times. And, you know, I think one thing that I know I bring to the table that, you know, I'm sure many others have this ability to, but I don't look at the upheavals that we're having through a negative lens. I think they are a part of what happens when communities are ready for big change. 
But now we need people who are out there offering some ways to help us navigate and to allow that, again, to create the world we all know we want to have. We want a different world, but how do we get there? So that's the piece that I just would like to, you know, be out there and offering something to help in this time. And so. Yeah. And I mean, how we communicate today compared to looking back three years ago is completely different. You know, uh, it, video calling, video meetings are a way of daily life at this point. And, you know, I'll tell you the right now is, you know, I would never have thought I would spend so much time on camera as pre pandemic, you know, and my daughter has great relationships with family she's never met in person, because she can video call them. And all of that kind of goes into how we're communicating today and how much loss there was when everybody was separate for a year and what happened to our our communication skills during that time. So we are really just in this period of time where we all need to communicate in the new normal, right? Uh, and what that looks like and, and maybe regain some of our social skills that we may have lost in the last few years uh, because it's, it's certainly been an interesting time for sure. So, uh, well, wonderful. I look forward to that. I assume the best way to connect with you about what you are doing going forward and to get involved in your trainings and to you know just see what you're embarking on next is through your LinkedIn. Yeah, definitely. It'll be the easiest place. Um, if you chose to just uh, email me, it's melanie.j.upright at gmail.com. But LinkedIn is probably the easiest for everybody. Just Melanie Upright is where you'll find me. Fantastic. Well, we really appreciate you coming on today. It has been so much fun. And uh, I hope that some people do reach out to you, especially some of my admin friends who I know are going to be interested in your book. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on today. It was great talking to you. Yes, this was wonderful. You guys are having a lot of fun here. And so it was great to just be able to jump in and you know, have a happy moment here. So we do, we have a lot of fun every Monday. We, we both look forward to this time 100%. So thank you again, Melanie, uh, Emily and I are going to try to squeak in really quickly our recommendations for the week before we all hang up and, uh, you you have a wonderful rest of your week. All right, Emily, I know you've got that hard stop. So we're going to, we're going to squirrel through this as fast as we can. So really quickly start us off Who do you want to tell us about for your social media influencer for this week? World Refugee School. WRSschool.org? WRSschool.org. Sorry, I didn't add a uh, World Refugee School. If you are, just type it in, whatever platform you're on, follow. um, Make sure that you stay up to date on all of the good work that the organization is doing. And they post a ton of just interesting facts as well. Fantastic. We will check that out. As far as I go, uh, my I'm going to recommend Ben, who is at Maybe Autism is my superpower on all social media. He's a 15-year-old with autism. He focuses on his abilities, which he calls superpowers. At the age of 13, he wrote Maybe, Maybe Autism is my superpower. And he's gone on to publish other books, including Ask Ben About Autism. He is very positive. He is a great musician and a huge autism advocate. And he shares autism insight and his musical talents on all of his social media posts. I'll certainly be linking him today. Uh, With that, our social media question for the week, soft serve ice cream or hard ice cream? The summer season is coming. I want to hear from you. 
What's your favorite flavor? How are you taking your ice cream in this summer? Uh, I know vegan ice cream is a thing now. It's uh, being advertised locally around here. So I look forward to hearing what people have to say. Uh, and I think that's going to wrap up our show aside from a book recommendation, uh, which is for me, Eric Carl. It's, oh my goodness. I just blanked on the name. Here we go. Eric Carl, you're my little baby, a touch and feel book. It's a rhyming animal book and it's just so cute and so fun. So if you need a new book for a young loved one in your circle, I can't recommend it highly enough. Emily, I think that's it for our show today. We ready to say bye? Sounds great. I'll ask that you do the closing remarks. Uh, I absolutely will. It's been great catching up with you. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And the preschool plague leaves your house really quickly. Good luck with your move tomorrow. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Take a deep breath. Remember, we, the education and parent community, work better together. We innovate better together, and we don't need to be in the same physical space to do it. We are online inspired, and we are so delighted that you have decided to listen in today. You can find us working to live our best lives online via our Facebook and Instagram pages. Search for online and inspired, where you can also find our personal handles and, of course, plenty of baby pictures. You can also visit our website, which features our swag shop at www.onlineandinspired.com. And if you are looking for physician and online learning, please check out our website at www.teleteachers.com slash join.html and follow Teleteachers on Facebook or Instagram. Stay connected, stay inspired, and we'll see you next week.